0: Uh, I also don't have the intro music. Oh yeah, Are we Perfect. going to use it for good?
1: <laughs> Indistinguishable that was from our usual opening theme song. So, how have you been, Mark? Happy New Year! Uh, happy
0: New Year! Welcome to twenty twenty four. Oh, crazy! It's wild. It's like remember, beyond the
1: future of like what
0: I thought as a kid.
1: Like I guess maybe my brain only went up to like 2020 or something like that is like the yeah. impossible far off future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Remember the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> it was such a different time. Okay. Yeah, um <sighs> uh it's it's been a good break. Uh we we did a lot of things. I spent time with my little nieces they're uh five and nine and we took them to seattle and took them to the troll underneath the fremont bridge and then we took the ferry over to uh my old stomping grounds over by the military base but we had yeah. a cheap hotel that had a great pool and uh we basically swam for the rest of the day and had, had fun so did Perfect. that we parties and all uh, the things. We baked a lot of cookies and uh, did a lot of stuff.
1: Good, good. Yeah. I was able to go back to Sunnyside twice to see my mom and dad first just over Christmas and it was just me. Uh, and then I went back this past weekend to see my niece, Emily and her husband and their new their new baby. So that was really nice. Uh-huh. And yeah, now changing gears to try to get back into the, in the swing of things uh, for, for, for whatever is next in life for whatever horrors unfold <laughs> in this new <laughs> year. But I was putting away this for the first time that I've put up any kind of Christmas lights just on my own. I just had found a string and like this mini, mini uh, Christmas tree at the bins. And so I'd grab that and I was plugging it in and I had it behind me on the, uh, on the shelf over there and they were led christmas lights and so every time you moved them they did that tracing and i was like i i can't handle this and i had to like throw those away and find like the old just regular incandescent bulb because that tracing drives me crazy and i notice it so much on cars too like the because the brake lights are all led now and so Like I get why we're seeing the visual lag because like they're not constantly on, right? They shut on and off just fast enough that we don't notice. So why can't they fix that? Two fix that, but or (laughs) fix it by having two lights that cycle offhanded of each other so that all of that because I mean, if when if and when everybody on the road gets those it's so distracting and so hard to
0: handle visually i i would think that there would be a way to uh illuminate a phosphor that instead of flickering on and off the photons from a led have those photons hit something that glows because of it right and so It would take a microsecond to warm up, but then it would always stay on because that phosphor would stay heated and continue to emit photons i like that Uh,
1: we could all just fill our taillights with that bioluminescent like uh, algae or whatever they have in southern california which (laughs) i don't feel like they had when i was growing like like, i never heard that i would have made like a special trip down there because it's like the most magical that if you could do that under the aurora borealis i think (laughs) i would just die (laughs) it would be (laughs) like it would be too magical and Uh, i would just implode (laughs) from the beauty of it uh,
0: uh, uh yeah uh, as as weird as it sounds like one of my life goals is to see the aurora borealis like i never never seen it i've seen many videos
1: yeah um, and i i feel like every once in a while you can see him from like crown or vista point or whatever that's crown point or whatever but i don't i don't feel like mm-hmm. i mean i've been in the northwest mm-hmm. for 30 years now and i've never seen anything close to what that looks like
0: no 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 the the closest that we get is a green glow way on the horizon (laughs) like there there's never a like
1: moving shimmering
0: shimmering yeah
1: well i was watching one the other night it was like in switzerland or something like that so it was like in this beautiful snow-colored forest and they were just like walking through and like how can that even be it just doesn't seem (laughs) doesn't seem real um I don't know why on my list I had written down, Max TV on YouTube, selling gas to women is a crime. So I will fix it. I even tried looking that up, but I had no idea what I had written there. But I heard a great, there's that uh, Chinese blessing and curse, may you live in interesting times. I heard another one, and it's, I wish for you to own a boat. Because that is a sign <laughs> of success, but boats are nothing but heartache and money and like just a white elephant type thing and so I thought that was a pretty great I wish
0: for you to own a boat I (laughs) wish for me to own a boat too (laughs) I'm the dumb jackass that will make just enough money to buy a boat just to lose it all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just...
1: My brother's got like a little, it's not even like, like a speed boat. I think it can maybe pull a skier behind him, but um, just one of those little boats and they live on a lake now. So he's got that kind of boat, which isn't, isn't quite as bad, but um, there's, so this is wildly shifting gears. Cause I'm, I'm going through all the notes that I, I have taken down in the last couple of weeks. I didn't have a chance to look into it, but it kind of worked with another thing that I was thinking, and that there was an experiment where they gave people glasses that had, like, an inverted prism or whatever, and their vision flipped upside down. And, yeah, and they just, like, (laughs) their brain just flipped it for them, and then they, like, couldn't go back to seeing, like, normal or whatever.
0: So there's also uh, the Smarter everyday guy. um, Oh, yeah, yeah he's super smart and cute and stuff uh he rigged up a bicycle that when you turn the handle left the wheel goes right
1: oh wow so it had a little
0: had a little mechanism in there right and just like you would think as a human you can't drive like all of your instincts are backwards Until you drive it for about six hours and then your brain flips it. And all of a sudden you can then drive it and you can't drive a regular bicycle again, (laughs) unless you (laughs) rewire your brain. Right. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Our brains, our brains go through a process called myelination where it's there's, there's pathways of, uh, of a sequence that, your brain learns, and then there's this enzyme or something that gets wrapped around that passageway of that that firing sequence, and that's what we call muscle memory. Or you know, it's right. like how you drive for ten minutes going home, and then you're like, how "Where did am I? I get here? Where <laughs> am I?" Or you know, all those things are the myelinization of your brain receptors and so when your brain your brain is really malleable and except for those muscle memory memory pieces they're not malleable they they are entrenched and you have to break that that myelinization process and re myelinate uh, a different pathway and then that's stuck uh for wow and it's just it's, fascinating
1: it's, Crazy that it takes so much. I mean, even just in the context of like what it takes for us to change our own minds or our own outlook, and like it takes a considerable amount of effort to do that. And none of us are willing, like, why would we ever put that much effort into proving ourselves wrong? And so we just, I guess, over myelinize some parts (laughs) of ourselves that, um, but I have when I moved into the house that I'm in now, um, the bathroom had one of those red sauna bulb things or whatever yeah. that get hot and it's just red. And so I just kept that in there. And so I use that to disassociate in the shower. And I realized that with just that red light on, when I close my eyes in the shower, it's just as if I would have just a regular white light shining into my eyes like it fixes that for it doesn't quite do it in my vision yet until you walk out and like everything is the wrong color but (laughs) yeah yeah, i noticed that it was just like a bright white light shining in my eyes that my brain was fixing for me
0: yeah you notice that when you wear the yellow lenses like when you're skiing oh yeah uh, you you put them on and for 5 minutes everything's, everything's super like vivid four,
1: 4D somehow <laughs> and then
0: and then after 5 minutes or so your brain goes oh i know how to correct this and so it injects a bunch of blue into your vision streams and then it sees what it thinks is normal right and then you take them off and now everything's blue <sighs> <laughs> you're like that's amazing.
1: Your brain is doing that one meme of the, the cricket guy who is disapprovingly with his, his hands on his his hips or whatever. <laughs> Do you know that guy? Yes. <laughs> the Indian cricket guy. Anyway, well, the last thing I had written down, and I forget where I heard it, but Pete's submarines and pizza marines Go are on. basically the same thing. <laughs> Oh, it's because I was, it was the, it was like the history of Domino's pizza. It's like one of the pizza plays and the guy named it Pete's. Oh no, it's subway Pete's submarines, like submarine sandwich belonging to okay. Pete, Pete submarines. But everybody kept thinking they were, <laughs> people were saying pizza Marines. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, fine, I'll just call it subway. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, anything else we need to throw in that uh pre show hopper? Anything else exciting happening?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I don't think no. so either. Do it. Uh,
1: well, yeah, we'll uh um go through some of these here. We'll start off with our uh, would you our- share
0: something with me by the way? Oh, no,
1: I didn't. Here we'll start okay. off by me sharing just <laughs> one moment, please. <laughs> this I did check
0: my inbox and I'm like, oh, I several times. It. How
1: come I don't have a share button? Oh. Everything just Oh. Mm. Hold on. Share, save, mark.
0: At mark, oh, on the doxer. Speaking of share, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, share is going to make a cameo in our uh Oh, really? Discussion about
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay there's another there's you've been way. you've been guaranteeing me uh this whole time about what's coming up so yeah
0: there uh just to close the loop there uh i did a little research on a topic that nick brought to me over the holidays he's like did you know about this 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 and I, we're the same guy and i'm like no i i didn't know that and i'm like that sounds like a cool five minute wham bam here's your topic plan and uh uh i read like (laughs) the length of three wired articles (laughs) (laughs) and they are fascinating and uh and so we are gonna talk about two pages of content that is just the surface of uh this fantastic this Yes, and I still
1: don't know listeners I'm sure maybe maybe know at this point depending on what I uh t- title this but uh but yeah we'll get to some news first big exciting news in in the Portland area with that Alaska Airlines e- emergency exit door coming off and then having them having I was out of town but I mean it was all <laughs> over the news and and yesterday they were like Also, if an airplane door lands in your yard, (laughs) please contact authorities. And sure enough, Bob Sauer, a science teacher at Caitlin Gable, was monitoring the news about the blown out door plug, they called it. Um, And he searched his yard after his ex-wife called and alerted him that authorities suspected the part might have landed nearby. So, yeah, just like in the bushes. I mean, so as a science teacher... Like this is, like this the is discovery it. of a lifetime. This yeah, is the
0: the pickle. And uh, at the press conference, they simply said, "Thank you, Bob," <laughs> <laughs> which, which is also amazing.
1: That's the way Bob would have. If if I know Bob, which I don't, that's exactly what he would have wanted. <laughs> so yeah, very interesting. And thankfully, nobody was hurt on that. But I mean, just. Can you imagine what it felt like to be on that flight and then like, uh, oh man. So thank goodness for seatbelts. Well, Mickey Mouse, the good news is uh entering the public domain, although only a very, very specific version of uh Mickey Mouse from the Steamboat Willie era with like Nogla, like the yeah, it's it's the we have Mickey Mouse at home version of Mickey Mouse <laughs> uh public domain.
0: Oh. Speaking of we have Mickey Mouse at home uh so over the holidays uh Nick and I uh decided to learn how to and get the right ingredients to exactly replicate a sausage McMuffin with egg uh sandwich and so uh we we have perfected it we have oh <laughs> All the right, the sausage made by the same manufacturer, the egg, got an egg ring, know how to break the yolk exactly to get the steam right. And I, I've perfected making a sausage muffin with egg from home. So uh, come on by.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I have not used it forever. Wendy, our friend, Wendy gave me one of those contraptions that like makes it all at once. So you like put your, your English muffin in and your tea and you're like, Lock it all up, and it makes it for you. Oh well, that's exciting. Now, if you can, if you can master making a McGriddle, I will, I will marry you. I think. I don't know <laughs> if I can have so the McGriddles, McGriddles every
0: day. Yeah, the McGriddles you can uh, buy a case of from uh, corporate, but uh, otherwise, you they're they're not made in, in a way. Uh, yeah. But the the corporate chef that I followed on TikTok <laughs> to learn about all this. Uh, he says that the the best thing to do is to deep fry a McGriddle and then put cinnamon and sugar on it.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that sounds amazing!
0: So there you go. There's uh, there's a McTease for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, well, as we move through this, uh, our favorite segment. Just the first parts of the article, usually the main headlines. Uh, A renovated quality inn in Tigard offers services to 55 unhoused families. So that's a neat thing. Um, Artificial intelligence can find your location in photos, worrying privacy experts. Um, And the Vulcan rocket launch Peregrine-1 launches Peregrine-1 in the first U.S. attempt to land on the moon in over 15 years. Um, Indeed. Oh, 50. Yeah, excuse me. 50 years uh, with a private company successfully launching the commercial lander containing NASA appliances from Cape Canaveral uh, amid a reignited global race to explore the lunar surface. So do you have any predictions about what's going to come out of that? Anything? Like, is there Um, a big reason? Like we think now, oh, we can use this dust in a way (laughs) we didn't think of before or?
0: Uh, I don't know about this uh launch in this this attempt but i know that the big thing that that everybody's after right now is there's evidence of frozen water on the moon oh right, if, right right, and so that's probably at the poles. uh and and if we can uh,
1: get that straight to nestle to sell it back to us
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, so that that's the big goal because once you have water then you have hydrogen and oxygen uh which can be used for living and for uh combustion and uh so now you have fuel and uh air and um and water (laughs) so yeah yeah uh, yeah like all all the things you need
1: right wow well, uh, the city is planning to build a $15 million skate park in Old Town uh, at the base of the Steel Bridge. Advocates say the park will be the crown jewel of Portland skate parks and has been in the <laughs> works for 15 years. Thank you, bureaucracy. I'm sure most of the $15, <laughs> 15 million with an M uh, dollars went there. The park, is set, uh, the park is set to feature public plazas, a covered skating space, and spectator seating. They say the park will bring life to a green space in the old town neighborhood. They hope the space will host hundreds of skaters at a time, from beginners to just learning. Um, just learning to the professional one. So it sounded like the ice the ice rink down there was a, a pretty big success over the holidays.
0: Oh, yeah, that's cool. So uh have you seen the renderings of this place? It, it looks render. pretty amazing. Render. I have
1: it. No, I didn't. We'll I'll have to go look those up.
0: We'll go maybe I'll use those up.
1: as our as our cover image of this week well the sweetheart candy company creates situationship candy full of mixed messages for valentine's day spangler spangler Mm -hmm. uh, the candy maker behind the beloved classic sweetheart conversation heart candies that disappeared in 2019 will release new limited edition situationship boxes of candies that may be more in line with current dating trends um, they said the specifically de- designed boxes complaint contain blurry, misprinted candies that are as hard to read as Gen Z relationships. The brand said in a press release, adding that it's filled oh. entirely with sweet muddled nothings and literal mixed messages. So, as defined by the Cleveland Clinic, which is an old Rick Emerson uh, callback that, should have a clown horn playing after that. Situationships are romantic entanglements where the participants haven't formally established the nature of their relationship. Um, from a relationship with that one person you meet up with whenever they happen to be in town to your go-to plus one for couple events. Situationships have no labels, exclusivity, or boundaries. And that was the Oxford University Press uh, word of the oh is a finalist mm. for word of the year in 2023 situationship so mm. there was us just reading a press release from I, S-
0: <laughs> sweetheart i G- feel like <laughs> yeah, totally. i feel like not a single gen z will buy that no no <laughs> we'll we'll make a purchase of that product <laughs>
1: Uh, Google settles a $5 billion with a B dollar lawsuit over tracking Chrome users in incognito mode. The class action lawsuit filed in 2020 said Google misled users into believing that it wouldn't track their internet services while using incognito mode. It argued that Google's advertising technologies and other techniques continued to catalog details of the user's site visits and activities despite their use of supposedly private browsing so yes if you are the on the internet someone can see you
0: so five billion dollars that's ten days of revenue from five billion dollars that's 10 days of revenue from google
1: holy toledo that just broke me a little bit 10 days
0: wow
1: uh, well, this a little bit longer story, but uh, I found it very interesting. Some conservatives say that transgender people regret surgery, but a new study says otherwise. Last spring, self-described detransitioner Chloe Cole came to Sacramento and the, uh, told rallygoers at the Capitol that there's uh, too many, quote, bodies and minds falling apart in the aftermath of transition. Cole and others with similar viewpoints uh, have been welcomed by some conservative politicians in California and across the country as evidence that young people should be prohibited from receiving gender-affirming medical care. However, that argument is not supported by the science, according to a new article published by uh, Wednesday in the Journal of the American Medical Association, uh, good old JAMA, my favorite uh, journal, by three re- researchers from Johns Johns Hopkins University. The research conducted a retrospective look at all the available evidence found. Uh, sorry, every time you click in that box, it says Mark Middleton, and it's always like right over oh, the sorry. word. That- sorry. <laughs> the research conducted that, Mark Middleton. What? Oh, speaking <laughs> of, uh, we all found out that Mark Middleton in the controversial <sighs> Epstein files.
0: It totally. Le- le-
1: Okay, should we get let, to this important? Yeah, let's get first? to this one. <laughs>
0: this, this is, uh, I would hate to mishmash. <laughs> yes, okay, uh, sorry, those, <laughs> In the 1% okay, of okay. regret. Okay, let this one.
1: <laughs> the research uh, conducted a retrospective look at all available evidence and found that the regret rate for gender-affirming surgery is less than one, with an O, 1%. Uh quote, this, reach, this rate of surgical regret um, appears to be substantially lower than the rates of surgical regret following similar procedures along the broader uh, population, including cisgender individuals. So this is like um, one systematic review found that the average prevalence of surgical regret was 14.4%, uh, which the author suggested was relatively low already. And um, so that's like knee and hip surgery and like those types of surgery, not surgery having to do with uh, gender or anything. The report concluded that the low regret late rate, the low regret amongst transgender surgery recipients may be linked to why they obtained the surgery to begin with. Quote, That reduction in regret also may due to be due to careful implementation of existing evidence-based multidisciplinary guides and standards of care for those who are transgender or gender diverse, such as requiring a well-documented, hinder, uh, a well-documented history of gender dysphoria. So yeah, you don't. Wa- your first step is not walking into the doctor and demanding uh gender for me this is an incredibly long process that takes um takes a long time and it's pretty remarkable that it has even that low of one uh considering just surgeries in general and the complications yeah. that they that they do so um i believe yeah so there is that uh then so before we finish off then with our <laughs> Things Portland. So oh wait, Middleton. we have a couple. Oh wait, we have a couple more stories. Yeah, let's go to Mark. Let's go to Mark Middleton in the Epstein files.
0: Yeah. So I get Google alerts on my name. I, I. There's got to be case. a lot of you. There's. Well, I mean, a lot of Mark Middleton's. There's like 65 in the United States that uh, oh, that's I. that's not a huge amount. I'm am able to find. It's not a huge, yeah. huge amount. But like there was a member of black street the band, uh, who was Mark Middleton. He was always like number one in search results. And then uh a, a couple decades ago, uh the White House aide, Mark Middleton, started showing up. Uh he wasn't an aide for um Bill for Bill Clinton and uh then did a bunch of other things, but was also very deeply embroiled in the Epstein uh, activities. And we don't know uh, to what extent, but he shows up on the flight logs very frequently, including uh, on the same pages as as Donald Trump and everybody else. Well, uh, he then uh, committed suicide. And uh, right after uh, by
1: Hillary Clinton, well I don't know, i'm assuming there's some time there. well uh
0: he was uh he committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest and hanging himself but the gun was found uh, in a different location so so take that for what it's worth
1: he was a magician as well he was a magician yes Wow. Yeah. So that was funny. I had, I think Nate, our friend Nate texted me. He's like, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm famous. Yes. Right. (laughs) Um. Well, I'll quickly go through this. This is all the things this in 2023 that Portland was named in the uh, named in. So, for instance, in last January, Portland is the third most creative city in America. So I'm going to quick go through these. So we were the third most creative city, uh, one of America's most beautiful, the least romantic state in America, uh, a terrible place to raise a kid. Uh, one of the world, the world's fifty best uh, best places according to Time. Um, Portlanders are among the youngest looking people in America. The best place to mm. skinny dip. Uh, we are the seventh most introverted state in the nation. Um, Oregon Coast, the third nicest kids in the country. Portland appears to no. have. Uh, one of the top tens where you are most likely to live next to a serial killer. <laughs> so, huh. those nice kids don't turn your back on them. Uh, Best lakes, best secret beaches, uh, best city, number three for best city for biking, second best city for naked bike riding. I wonder who the first is. Uh, uh, Four of our donut shops, of course, made the list of some sort. best new city or best city for new moms. The most bike riding. uh, um, Three of our cities among the most bike friendly. uh, The fifth craftiest. uh, One of the Hmm. top 10, top 20 ice cream cities uh okay. tourist traps um uh, best places in the country to party uh, apparently best beaches fifth most productive state 11th best cities to survive a zombie apocalypse one mm-hmm. of the happiest places to live uh the f- uh, um let's see second best place for sweet treats oh according maybe they read our they listened to our chocolate tour episode <laughs> totally. and realized how good that is um uh, top 15 for most fun cities and Oregon has more LGBTQ plus residents per capita than any other state. So a couple of the things okay. we quote unquote accomplished last year. So nice. a couple of other, yeah, a couple other quick stories here. Um, oh, this is in the wrong category. Cause it's just the headline. NASA streamed a cat video from deep space about 20 million miles away. So I think I've said this before, but in all those old, um, uh handyman magazines that were around in the 40s and 50s and stuff like that like how to build a cabinet and like all those things I found one and there's just like a four-page article on how weird cats are and I'm like we just have not <laughs> changed <laughs> memes yeah. about cats but like the printed that, version uh, that article is... went viral <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, California pizza huts uh, laying off all of their delivery drivers, uh-huh. uh, two large pizza oper- operators in California laying off their delivery dryer now that the uh, minimum wage for fast food workers is $20 an hour. Um, so the about 1,200 in-house uh, delivery drivers, um, uh, Pizza Hut, blah, blah, blah. So they're they're doing this in reaction to the uh, the raise in that minimum wage um, after assembly bill, 1228 um, fast food chains such as Chipotle and McDonald's have already announced the plan to raise menu prices in California to offset higher cost of worker compensation. Oddly enough, I was talking with my aunt over Christmas and she was talking about how in her 50s, she just kind of started playing with stocks and buying some buying some stock things. And she's like, this is McDonald's best year ever. And like, it would, even we had a story like two weeks ago about McDonald's yep. expanding in their new cafes. So they have already announced to raise uh, menu prices. So, of course. And Pizza Hut, of course, is owned by the Yum Corporation, who also owns Pepsi, KFC, Taco Bell, and like everything else in, in the world. So They're doing fine. They're doing fine. Well, EV, the transition to electric vehicles, cools as demand slows. Uh, they were... 869,000 with the T fully electric vehicles sold in the United States in the first 10 months of the year a 50% a 56% increase over the same period in 2022 um the growth rate marked a slowdown from two years earlier and was lower than what they had forecast the narrative that has taken is that they aren't growing but they are it's just growing sl- at a slower pace at Ford chief financial officer John Lawler who <laughs> Was a a, a WWE wrestler, but perhaps not. (laughs) Um, And lastly, a pastor tried to deep fry a McDonald's cook. Speaking of McDonald's, Latoya Gladney, a 44 year old manager in training at a McDonald's in North Carolina, told police that her employees were, quote, disrespecting her last night. So she called her husband to, quote, assist her. Investigators allege that when Dwayne Walden, a 57-year-old church pastor, subsequently arrived at the restaurant in High Point, he chose not to turn the other cheek. (laughs) Cops say Walden walked into the restaurant and began punching Theodore Garlington, a McDonald's cook, in the face. Walden also allegedly wrapped his hands around Garlington's neck and began, quote, pushing his head near a deep fryer. Before Garlington 34 could be dipped in hot oil, several employees interceding, pulling uh, pulling Walden off the victim. After High Point Police what? Department officers interviewed witnesses and reviewed store security footage, Walden was arrested for assault. And uh, according to his Facebook page, Walden works as a semi truck driver and is the pastor of Elevated Life International Ministries, which recently celebrated its second anniversary. Uh, their slogan is "Where hope starts and life begins," and has operated from a storefront space next to Bueno Burrito in Thomasville. <laughs> oh my
0: goodness! So there a lot of moving parts to that story. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! I would imagine um, this was from the smoking gun. Um, I do imagine it's less. He must. I don't think he must have got very close because if you almost, if you almost push somebody's head into deep fryer i think you would have gotten more than just an assault charge because that's like i mean that's murder that's intended murder, that's murder. yeah yeah so i don't wow. know. wow <laughs> but yes exciting times at the wow. mcdonald's in north carolina so cool. that is the end that's of it? the news the end of the news
0: cool well shall we uh shall we learn about our uh yes, our guy? I'm
1: very excited.
0: So this person doesn't have a Wikipedia, and I am shocked because he's one of the most influential people <laughs> in one very specific industry. <laughs> perhaps two. We'll talk about that second one. Is this uh, doctor
1: RIP VHS <laughs> <laughs> it is. Hero to I'm some. talking about
0: you. So <laughs> have you ever heard of Treb Heining? Treb. No, no. I hadn't either heard the name Treb Heining, but everybody should know the name Treb Heining. So uh, he's my mom's age. He's he's about 70 years old now and um, born born in the 50s. Grew up, uh, I I believe, in Garden Grove area, very near Anaheim and and Disneyland. And uh, when he was 15 years old, his older friends at school that were in the band with him, he was a band geek. His older friends worked at Disneyland, and he was incredibly jealous. And so he wanted only one thing. I want to work at Disneyland. And so he tried all the things and one day he got his break because his father had a friend at work who knew a person who introduced him to this guy named Nate Lewis and he came home with Nate Lewis's sorry, Nat Lewis's Nat was a man who um the the problem with him getting a job at Disneyland was Disneyland had an 18 year old uh, requirement to be a cast member. So he was just about to turn 16. He wasn't eligible to be an employee at the Disneyland theme park. And so his father brought home this slip of paper with Nat Lewis's phone number and Nat ran the balloon franchise within Disneyland. And uh, that happened to be an outsourced third-party 1099 kind of deal. And they weren't uh, under the same guidelines of child labor laws. And and you could be 16 years old and work for Nat Lewis and be – an employee that worked at Disneyland. And so he called Nat Lewis and Nat's uh, like, Hey kid, uh, we're not hiring. Call me back in a couple months,
1: but I like your gumption,
0: but I like your gumption. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so Treb hung up the phone, dejected the next day. He calls Nat again. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) wait two months, calls him the second day. And Nat is like, yeah, I heard you, kid. Uh we're not hiring. Call back in a couple months. Hangs up the phone. Next day, Treb calls a third time. Nat says, All right, kid, come on down here and fill out an application. So his parents drive him. This was before the the big uh this was 1969. Uh, so before the big parking structure was created, uh, basically what is now, uh, California adventure is, was the parking lot for Disney. Oh, okay. And so his parents drove him down there, they dropped him off and they waited in the car, in the parking lot for him to fill out his application so that he could then come back home. Right. And so he, he goes in, he talks to Nat, fills out his application. And um, while he's there, he overhears a manager saying, "Oh, Johnny didn't show up, and uh, we need another balloon balloon guy." And Nat's like, "So, kid, you want to start right now?" <laughs> yes. So he goes back out, tells his parents, "Hey, I got a job. I'm working right now. Bye. I'll, I'll." find a way home later i'll call it uber and uh goes back in and starts his job as one of the balloon boys at disneyland and so they were in charge of selling balloons as we you know, he's got the concession of selling balloons at disneyland and uh while he's there he learned, you know he he's there for uh, a couple years ultimately and he learns about uh, a lot of things in sales and marketing from Nat. And Nat teaches him, like, uh, how to bury the price, for example. So, uh, uh, hey, how much are those balloons? Well, they're 50 cents, but I've got a green one and a blue one. And if you've got this, it's going to be really cool. And, like, by the time they've objected, they, they've already sold, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. So Nat Nat is a pretty influential guy in this little kid's life and and uh and he does really well and he learns a lot of things and uh, a couple years later in 1971 there's a new Disneyland facility that opens up in uh Florida called Disney World. And so the Disneyland Balloon Boys had kind of a contest of who were the best ones. And they got to select five of the Balloon Boys to go to Florida for the grand opening where they would release 50,000 balloons during the grand opening. A Balloon Boy's greatest life. dream. A <laughs> Balloon Boy's greatest dream. And so, my da- so he says, this is a quote from him. My dad drove me to LAX. And as he was saying goodbye, my dad started noticing Annette Futicello. Boris Tucker, Agnes Moorhead, somehow Nat, the balloon boss, had arranged for the balloon boys to get on the Disney charter plane from Los Angeles to the grand opening of Disneyland. Everywhere, everyone who was on that plane was a who's who of Disney Hollywood. So, uh... The anybody who had been in a Disney movie was basically on that plane. So Jonathan Winters gets up on, on the mic and was making <laughs> funny announcements and Mickey Mouse voice and Frankie Avalon and Fess Parker and Sterling Holloway and, and uh yeah. and then people were like, So kid, what do you do? And he's like, We're balloon boys. <laughs> so uh he also uh, so that, w- that was an aside, came back to Los Angeles, worked at Disneyland. From Nat, he learned one uh special trick, which was called the balloon garland. And what Nat had done is he'd taken four balloons, put them together using a paper clip, and put that paper clip on a string. And uh on that string, you lined them up, and now you had a balloon garland. And Nat's like, that's pretty cool and dismissed it, right <laughs> and uh and and Treb learned that and kind of tucked that information away. and uh then he ended ended his time at Disneyland and went on to uh college where he needed another job. and so he started. Uh, being a milk delivery boy in, La- in uh, Beverly Hills. And so in Beverly Hills, because of the shift that he had, instead of dropping it off on the porch, he was actually prescribed to bring it into the kitchen. And so he met Jimmy Stewart, Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, Groucho Marx in their kitchens. Uh, Johnny Mathis, I would see a couple times a week. Jerry Lewis, all these things. So he was doing that. And one of his delivery places was to this brand new cookie uh, shop that was the first homemade cookie restaurant, if you will, a a cookie shop that was located on Sunset Boulevard by none other than uh, Wally Amos of famous Amos fame. And so that's where famous Amos started. And... Treb got a job as a cashier on the weekends to add to his, his money. So he and, and famous Amos became friends and, and learn and uh, famous Amos was a really great entrepreneur and, and could see business ideas in things and, and really, uh, build them up and expand them. And so, uh, From the little shop that was on Sunset Boulevard, he started doing uh, wholesale sales of the cookies. And uh, uh, Treb was kind of ascending in the business, doing really well. And Wally said, "Hey, we're opening up a factory in Van Nuys, and I want you to run the factory." (laughs) He's he's like twenty one, and Has never run a factory before. He's in the corner making balloon art. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) So so, um, uh, at one point, the factory was making 3,000 pounds of homemade cookies per day. So one day, Wally Amos had a display at some sort of promotional event and had Treb help him out still the love of balloons coursing through his veins treb immediately began to creatively add balloons to the display treb recollects that wally turned to him in amazement at the balloon decor and questioned how he could possibly learn to do this so wally gave treb some great advice by telling him you know you should contact some caterers as they go to big parties and do this at parties and further emphasizing that his balloon designing could be a business. You can make a business out of this. So while working for Wally Amos, there was this guy that would deliver pe- pecans for the cookies. <coughs> Treb says, mm-hmm. we used quality ingredients and there was this guy that ran a company called Garby Nuthouse in Los Angeles and he was our pecan supplier. His name is Dave Klein. Well, Dave goes on to make a company called Jelly Belly. (laughs) And is is this story about Forrest Gump? You would think so. (laughs) This guy does not have a Wikipedia. Let me remind you. He has a YouTube channel that has zero videos and two subscribers of which I am one. (laughs) Okay. So Dave started a little company called Jelly Belly. Uh, Treb and Dave became good friends as Dave saw this young guy that was really both artistic and creative and had good business sense. And so they like started to mentor him. And Dave, uh, and and they started to form this idea of this balloon art as a promotional item like used at at these columns and towers that he was was making uh didn't exist at the time and so people would see him and 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 like oh my gosh that's really impressive um and so dave gave him one thousand dollars to start his balloon art business and so he uh he takes a thousand dollars and he quits his job at famous amos and he starts Balloon Art by Treb. So Balloon Art is launched in 1979. And one of the first first things he does is he calls up the caterers of Los Angeles and gets booked for Sonny and Cher's three-year-old child's birthday party as part of the catering exercise. But the caterers only had like $50 for balloons. Nobody had the idea that balloons could be right. ornamental, right? right? They were what kids got from a clown. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah. what we knew of balloons. And so Cher was one of his first customers and she was blown away. Uh, her the kid's name was like Louie or something. And so they, <laughs> I don't know. So, so. Uh, Treb made a balloon arch in blue with these towers and she's like, oh my god, it's oh. amazing. <laughs> and, and so he's hey, got Bob, pictures. <laughs> Bob Mackie, come over here. You gotta <laughs> see these balloons. You gotta see this. Sunny, sunny. Uh, so um So Cher, uh, and uh, he's got pictures on his website. Uh, of, I've had pictures on a website of him and Cher and like, three dudes that he were part of the balloon art company in, in front of her uh, tennis court in <laughs> Hollywood uh, for that. So, uh, so we had some extra balloons, made an arch share, <laughs> loved it. And so then they started getting booked at, at like banquets and things. And he says, did we have to market? Did we have to solicit? no, every event we did, we got four or five calls for new business because everybody was blown away by this balloon art masterpiece work that he would do. So then he gets um, connected with a promoter who is doing these big galas and, and events, and he starts doing NFL halftime shows, big corporate events Hollywood Galas uh he then the event that put him on the map was the 1984 Olympic opening ceremonies if you oh. remember those big balloons that started the opening ceremonies sure. five foot balloons and uh there were several hundred that were gold Mylar and several hundred that were white that are that went around that and the opening ceremonies presented balloons in a new way to humans that they had not seen before that's so crazy so (laughs) so the the release of those mylar balloons subsequently blocked this satellite feed (laughs) of the olympics to all foreign nations. US was not affected, but everybody else in the world was blacked out for like a minute and then they ascended further and everything <laughs> went fine. But then 20 minutes later they started to come down and they shorted out Something over. is
1: playing. Oh, hold on. <laughs> not on my. How in the world my YouTube just Hold on. I don't think anyone can hear this but me. My I YouTube can, just yeah. started auto playing again, where <laughs> yeah. hey, they, I've been I've fallen into this rabbit hole of this, um this mom and her daughter. And they both like the mom looks like the nicest, the nicest progressive aunt you've ever seen, just like a beautiful middle aged woman. And she has a an Indian uh, daughter in her 20s or so. And they're going through Madonna's catalog. <laughs> ah, and so nice. I'm watching them do that. So they started talking again. So they are silent.
0: Uh- go ahead and click on that video and you can see the balloons and the balloon release. Uh, if you want to drop that in later, you can show people. Uh, and so the balloons ascended and then they descended a little while later and the Mylar ones got trapped on power lines and shorted out uh, a bunch of Los Angeles. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, are you able to see that
1: video? Yeah, hold on. My YouTube is not wanting to play here. Hold on. It's only wanting to play those two ladies. Okay. So yeah, they are a a, a field full of balloons and it says welcome in the middle, all with balloons. Oh. And welcome written in the sky by a sky plane. Right, sky typer. Man, I remember, I think my parents went to this because they had one of the the crowd is holding up the things to make all the flags. Oh yeah. And they have oh, one yeah. of the colored things. Oh. Oh. Uh, there goes all the giant balloons. Oh, yeah, that's right. They all had little tags on them to represent the countries, right? Right,
0: right. So those get released in the wild, and this puts them in a global position. Now they are sought out. Uh worldwide this is 1984 uh and he you know he's on top of the world uh in 1985 uh he does the 30th anniversary of Disneyland event uh is brought back into Disneyland does a huge uh, at the time was the largest balloon release in history of more than a million balloons It was done on the birthday of uh, Walt Disney uh, on the 30th anniversary of uh, Disneyland. So uh, the next year, as a promotion for United Way, his team worked for six months to set a new Guinness World Record in the city of Cincinnati. Have you ever heard of this one?
1: Yes, so, yes, I have. Oh, I'm so excited that this is the point we got to.
0: Yeah, so 86, uh the 1986. Uh, 1986. Okay. The as a promotion for United Way, his team worked for six months to release the most number of balloons ever. 1.4 million balloons. And so they set up this cage that was literally the size of a city block. And they had hundreds of local high school children uh, inflating balloons with helium and putting them in. And, and they had an assembly line Sorry, at 3 a.m. and doing all this. And then there was a cold front that moved into the area. And so they they did the balloon release early because of projected rain. Well, okay. that, that storm front and that cold air had disastrous effects on balloons, because when latex balloons normally are released in nice warm weather, they ascend to a very high altitude, and they pop, and they release, and they're gone, uh, you know, and the latex dissolves in, in earth, right? Okay. Well, the cold front comes in and cools down the balloons that all land on the ground and the lake. So, um, <clears throat> environmental impact and pollution. The airport was shut down because there were balloons <laughs> on the runway, traffic hazards, cars got in accidents. <laughs> uh, and then there was a, uh, two fishermen that were, uh, reported lost at, at sea and all of the balloons. And so they, they found their fishing trawler. But the men were missing. And so the Coast Guard tried to find these men, but the oh, the the Lake Erie was covered in oh my gosh. Balloons, and it made it impossible for them to find them. And their bodies washed up the next day. uh the was the effect... wreck
1: was the wreck of the boat also caused by the balloons? Or no, that was like,
0: no not... okay. No. Yeah. so it was reported and... earlier that morning then uh their search and rescue happened at about the same time that the balloons happened what? so just a just a terrible disaster uh uh huge financial losses because of lawsuits and there was a lady who had Arabian horses that like panicked and freaked out and injured themselves and you know just it was mayhem total crazy mayhem in 1986 uh there is a little documentary if you look this up it's a 6 minute short documentary and it opens with Treb Heining before the event uh gloating about how fast he can tie balloons and all the things and, and it's a it's it's a <laughs> it's a very sad event right. and uh but it was it was a very 80s uh uh catastrophe if you will Yeah 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 so um wow he's done the balloons for 18 super bowls balloon sculptures at seven academy award shows two presidential inaugurations seven republican national conventions uh and i've got another video for you to watch this video is of the balloon drop from the 2004 Democratic National Convention when um John Kerry and uh yeah John Kerry was uh, was nominated received the nomination and when you think of the national conventions they become synonymous with the balloon drop like yeah. it all culminates in the balloon drop and the confetti and all that and uh and so this video here is uh, a famous CNN uh, simulcast of, of what's going on they actually took the voice this was recorded live this was actually what the audio was to the public they took the director's audio feed from behind the scenes and played that live none of the balloons dropped uh, or like a Uh-oh. handful of the balloons trickled out. And so the director- Oh yeah, there's like there. one
1: one of the little pockets of balloons.
0: <laughs> right. And so the director is freaking out and on live television, he's like, what the fuck are they doing up there? Where are the balloons? I need the balloons. Like, so uh, so this was the one year that the DNC did not use Treb Heining. And
1: whoa, there was
0: another company used. This was not Treb's doing, and there's a video of him going, Well, what? (laughs) uh, Oh
1: my gosh, yeah, that video. The director is just screaming, There's no confetti either.
0: (laughs) I need everything, just oh, uh, he did the, uh, yeah, I'll drop this
1: is because it's. And then sad John Kerry (laughs) sulking around. And then there's a Van Halen song screaming in the background. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So he did
0: the, the 20th anniversary of the U.S. Constitution, which he did a gargantuan building size American flag. He's done thousands of corporate and private events. And have you ever been to the store and seen those uh, there's like a little dog w- balloon with the little legs. And yeah, the, the heavy feet
1: or whatever, but not quite heavy enough to drag them down just to like walk them around. He invented that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, uh, the glass house balloon. Uh, so the glass house balloon we know from Disneyland is the Disney ears, the Mickey inside the clear sphere balloon on it. He invented that. Uh, Whoa.
1: Okay. So here's a story about those. Those came out. I remember. So it must've been like 88 or 89 that those were invented because the big thing, and I got very, I've got several girlfriends, this And you go to the Hallmark store and they had the vacuum machine or whatever. And they put the balloon in and it sucks the air out. And they they just like put crap inside it. So there's like an Easter bunny and a thing. And and then they close the balloon up and you walk out with that stuff inside the balloon. But yeah, I've seen them at the Mickey ears inside the other balloons too.
0: So he invented that. Wow. Um, And Okay. He continues to do balloon things uh, to this day. But (laughs) in 1991, Treb Heining was asked to create an effect that would transform the New Year's Eve ball drop in Times Square. In response, he created the Confetti Blizzard. (laughs) And the Confetti Blizzard at New York Times Square for the last 32 years has been managed by Treb Heining. He has 100 volunteers standing on top of the buildings in Times Square. And all of that confetti is not confetti cannons. It's not fans blowing it out. It is human beings taking huge handfuls of confetti (laughs) and throwing it over the rail.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I was on board, but then I'm like, well, then what did he invent? (laughs) like certainly they've had paper ticker tape parades before get me get me treb heine i got an idea um, what if people just dumped buckets of of confetti off the edge right wow Uh,
0: and so he has managed that for the last uh 32 years and uh including this year uh so i i messaged him on LinkedIn and uh <laughs> tried to get a uh he's he's Ladies like the most fam- he's like he's like the most famous least famous person <laughs> that I've ever heard of nobody's ever heard of this guy and so now, everybody should know him uh,
1: yeah so now my question after all of this is at what point did you look into this and work backwards and forwards? Like, did you come because of the Olympic balloons? Did you come so there because was, of the there dogs was a little with-
0: clip? There was a little clip from New Year's Eve that said this guy who also used to work at Disneyland and did these balloon things. And he also, oh yeah, that Cincinnati balloon drop, which I'm like obsessed about. <laughs> 15 times that's been on my the... to-do
1: list for this show for a long time so i'm glad <laughs> it's finally made its way here tell so, it
0: uh and and so nick is like this guy's done like three things and, <laughs> and i'm like cool. that's that's two things too much for your podcast just think of the material <laughs> <laughs> right. and uh and so trev heining uh he's now he's wow. writing a book and uh oh good he's trying to Become a corporate speaker, uh, where he, he talks about you know following your dreams and, that, and he's he's really inspirational. Uh if you if you look him up in some videos, uh he's he's just it's all about just following your joy and uh doing uh, amazing things. And and everybody along the way, except for like two people that were already successful. All of his friends were like, "Nobody's ever going to buy a column of balloons that lasts <laughs> a day," you know, th- things like that. Right. And so wow. uh, there were a lot of naysayers. His parents were like, "When are you going to get a job? A real job?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, all the things. So uh, really <laughs> inspirational story. There's there's somebody who wrote that had a had a uh, Zoom interview with him and wrote the longest three <laughs> blog articles. Uh, part one, two, and three are just pages and pages and pages. So this was just the little bit snippets of yeah. his life story. what blog is and that?
1: Let's give a shout out to that blogger.
0: yeah uh th- this uh this blog is called Magic Made Today and the author is uh Catherine <laughs> she she does just not like tell share it. yeah just like <laughs> share it says Catherine. Magic okay. made today. Hi, I'm Catherine, homeschool mom. Yeah,
1: okay, cool. fun, fun. Yes, yeah, so I want to make sure we have our um our our list of references in there. Are well, you're not in the really the YouTube watching community, are you?
0: Because there's am YouTube h- watching all the time.
1: Okay, because there's a huge yeah. thing going down. A a a, a big uh, channel called H Bomber Guy just released this like three hour thing on plagiarism and like called out these other huge channels and just like as the kids say gave receipts for like an hour and a half the h bomber guy did about here's their quote here's where he took it from blah 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 And there's this guy named james somerton who is a big um queer youtuber that everyone loved because he was looking into queer histories and how this happened with this and like the history of that like a lot of it with the musical theater and stuff like that just a great channel that (laughs) turns out stole all his stuff from other queer writers that no one knew so like and he's queer himself so it's caused this big controversy of like we're stealing it like it's so it's a big mess right now but yeah the youtube the youtube sphere has been um has been roiling because of the h bomber guy video that dropped a a couple weeks ago so if you're interested in that go check it out h bomber guy uh youtube copyright uh service and it's uh a really a well done video that just goes on and on and on with receipts from a couple different channels of of how they stole but the... wow what a great what a great little find for for treb heine what was his last name Heine. Heine. H
0: e i n
1: all right uh, he was probably distraught when that mid-2000s balloon boy thing uh, and and their last name were the Hemies so it was oh, no. like this, just much. Why I remember that, oh. I don't know, but uh, it's just that he must have been driven crazy, just like your yep. Mark Middleton being on totally. <laughs> being on the Epstein list. Totally. Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, that was fantastic. Thank you for that. And I'll at the end of the show, actually, I'm just going to put this whole balloon drop failure at 2004 Democratic National Convention. It's like three minutes and forty seconds long, but it's pretty it's hilarious. Great. So. so we'll take you out with that. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you Mark for uh the topic tonight It was great to be be back in the saddle doing this again. Um uh yeah, listen to Fun Employment Radio blah blah blah. All of that Portland at the movies is coming up at the end of this month, so stay tuned for that. Um but yes, happy new year to everyone. Um this is now I think our 8th year of doing this, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um and it's been super fun and I look forward to never stopping it. So Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you later.
0: Nice. Bye bye. All balloons, balloons, what's happening? Balloons,
1: there's not enough coming down. All
0: balloons, where the hell is nothing falling? What the fuck are you guys doing up there? So those balloons are coming down. What you
1: heard was the voice of Don Misher. He's the director for the uh, Democratic Party, the organizer of this uh, convention. He's been giving instructions to let the balloons come down.
0: There are thousands.
1: and In fact, (laughs) these
0: balloons are about to land on our heads here on the floor
1: of the convention. Don Misher giving instructions. Let the balloons come down. Let the confetti come down. Jeff Greenfield, this has been uh, a very well-organized convention, but the balloons are not coming down as rapidly as they would like.
0: Right, the first crisis of the convention in its last moments, for those who remember, 1980 in New York, when Jimmy Carter's balloons trickled down one by one, what was seen to be an omen, to have to be looking at this. It's obviously not a turning point of the campaign, but these balloons did not come down en masse the way Don Fisher did, and we heard him express that feeling yes. somewhat emphatically, Judy. We did, we heard, we may have heard a profanity, Wolf, uh, you know, it was an accident
1: that we had the microphone
0: open. But you know, they are, I'm looking up now, Wolf, there are still a lot of balloons. I don't know if our
1: camera can show. Can we zoom in a little bit? You can see there are still a lot of balloons that have not come down yet.